This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Savers of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. Without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills finally have a win in the month of November and play for the second week straight in Detroit for Thanksgiving Day. Also, the Sabres are now on an eight-game losing streak. Will they figure out what's going on? We'll just have to wait and see. Along with the usual hot takes, trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Lawson, Mike Marino. Happy Thanksgiving week, gentlemen. Uh, the last weekend ended, ended pretty nice. The Bills finally got their first win in the month of November against the Cleveland Browns in Detroit due to the snowstorm. You know, six feet of snow. You see Devin Singletary trying to get to work. It was kind of funny, but, you know, they, they actually ended up with a win. So, I mean, pretty rough first quarter. I mean, first half, maybe. But they figured it out from first there. First 28 minutes. First 28 minutes, yeah. But then it seemed hey, to click from there. Just saying. Fourth, under two minutes in that game, it was 31-16. I predicted 31-17. He was, he was, he was extremely And then they close. scored a touchdown and almost I, got Honestly, I thought when you texted that, like you were ahead of me on the game and they threw like an interception because the very next play he threw it in the end zone and Dane Jackson almost got picked. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Gabe Davis is somehow on the hands team. That didn't make a no because you saw in the first half, twenty eight minutes, like you said, he had no hands. So I'm sorry, I gotta say this. Why does anyone do like that spinner onside kick? Like that was dumb. Yeah, no, you want the bounce. I don't know what the, you're trying. Like... I mean, that was also like a really good onside. I mean, like to credit to that kid York, that was a really nice onside kick. But it was. Taiwan, question, question was, spin. We don't we don't mention the sky a lot on the pod, but Tyvon Jones, nice job, man. <laughs> Had the wherewithal of applause knock, for Taiwan. Knock, knock the ball out of Ronnie Harrison's hand and then had the wherewithal to instead of trying to recover it, just knock the ball out of bounds. Mm-hmm. That's why he's a captain. Yeah. Dude, sure. it was close. They almost got it. It was that was a little crazy, but I mean, I mean looking it, was at, it was CBS's fault. I mean, yeah, it was 3 1 16 right before the Browns threw that touchdown. They show, oh, this is what's going to happen. Bills are going to be 7 3. Browns are 3 7. I was like, oh, well, that's way too early. I mean, as a yeah. Bills fan, what happened last week, way too early to show what what the projected standings are going to be after the game. Yeah, no, that's, that happens quite a bit on CBS. I mean, Tony Romo likes to jinx games too. He likes to say, Oh yeah, they're they're There's no way they come back and then boom, they're back, you know? So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. The CBS crew also was not in their normal blazers because they, they got rerouted. They actually landed in Buffalo on Thursday. They were saying on the, the broadcast and then they ended up getting rerouted everywhere. So, I mean, what a, what a weekend though. What a weekend. The snow where we are, where we film, not as bad, not nearly as bad as the Orchard Park. But there's no way people were mad about it too. Did you see that? Like people were like Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. He was like, "Why would you move the game?" And then they actually showed the stadium, and I'm like, "That's why you move the game." Like, there's no way you're moving all that snow out of there and staying ahead of it. But I don't know. 
I mean, just looking at the game though as a whole, who who overall like stepped up and like took the game into their hands? I know our predictions, like we said before we started filming for uh, X Factors, were pretty on point, all three of them. So, I mean, I'm gonna start. Uh, Devin Singletary, James Cook, you know those the running game. Ken Dorsey finally runs the ball, and I'll I'll say Ken Dorsey stepped up this week after the first 28 <sighs> minutes. So that that's my who stepped up. Don, what about you, buddy? I think the supporting cast outside Diggs and Allen stepped up. Mm-hmm. It was a really big week for them. They're against the worst run defense in the entire NFL, and they were able to run the ball very effectively. James Cook showing you why. You know, I think we all like motor, but. I mean, James Cook's just a different back. You see him hit those holes. He's just faster, and he's also really improved his contact balance, so he's staying up and getting those extra yards. I uh, would have liked to see him get that uh, two-point conversion attempt instead of McKenzie. Maybe he would have stayed up and scored that instead of getting flown 10 yards off the sideline. But, <laughs> um, no, it was – It was. A, I think a, you know, we talked o- overall about Dawson Knox needs to be utilized more, and, I mean – we saw it. He made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, checkdowns, baby. checkdowns. A uh, uh, third and ten. I think they were, you know, threatening with their third straight three and out, or fourth straight. And he on third and eleven makes a great catch, and then makes a guy miss. And then he made a couple of nice catches up the seam as well. So, um, I think overall it was a pretty good game uh, for the supporting cast. Obviously, it's a little weird seeing that only four people caught the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't really see that a lot with the Bills. Um, so, you know, you want to see maybe McKenzie. They're just not getting any pressure on the slot, which is unfortunate. And then maybe a little bit more better screen games. The screen game was really bad. Um, so, but other than that, I, I thought the supporting cast really stepped up. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think watching the game, Allen, first quarter, most of the second quarter, he was struggling. It just, he just looked off. Like we didn't target Diggs at all. And then they show the clip of Diggs going up to McDermott and they're yeah. like having a heart to heart there. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was off in the beginning. And then towards the end of the second quarter, like right when they scored that last touchdown, they started moving the ball. Allen started taking those check downs. Like we've said for the past few weeks, he needs to do like, he only had what 197 yards this week. Like yeah, he doesn't like need, that, yeah. yeah, he doesn't need 50 pass attempts and 300 yards every game. Like no. this was effective. We moved down the field. We scored touchdowns. Knox had seven catches and 70 yards, I think. So that was his best game of the year. Yeah. Um. And we we won. I mean, granted, and got a little uh little scary, a little hairy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Bit. But I mean, like overall, like we figured it out. Like run the ball, take the checkdowns, don't force anything downfield. And there were still times where Allen took a shot. Like he had Davis on the sideline towards the end of the second quarter. I think too. That was almost was a like catch 20... too. Mm, that was a that was a third that was in the third quarter the one handed one that was a no third. no no there was one before that no no that's, I know that's what I'm saying. no the one handed one yeah that was mm-hmm. later in the game but no like you can still take those shots but like you don't have to do it every play so mm-hmm. you know just throw them in there yeah I think I think it was a good good game for Allen in the terms of you're playing a team that struggles against the run you don't need to be a beast mode like trust your guys I think he was trusting his guys a lot this game which is exciting to see. The one criticism I will have for Allen is it seemed to me that he was gun shy. And listen, I mean, we can't have it our way by saying he has to take the checkdowns every time. But there were opportunities, I think, that he could have pushed the ball downfield that honestly probably should have been thrown. Um, but I think some like people got in his mind, but hey, you got to take care of the ball more, you know, throw underneath a little bit more. I think he was doing that. Um, but I think I think we're starting to see like, he was so reckless with the ball the last three weeks. 
this yeah. week he's conservative. I think we're gonna start seeing him ramp, like ramp, get that, get the. He's he was rock bottom. He climbed out of it. We're having a good conservative take care of the football game. Now we're gonna see him start ramping it back up again. I think that's why Diggs was a little bit frustrated because him and Davis had a couple uh, plays where he checked it down where they were had separation downfield that he wanted. To, you know, Allen usually guns it, but. It was it was, a, it was a, overall it was a good game. I mean, he was what four ten for twenty seven yards at the two minute warning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then after <laughs> that he was fourteen to seventeen for one seventy. So it seemed like the offense started to click, running the ball, yeah, really effectively. And overall, I think they did a good job protecting him as well. Uh, other than you know Miles Garrett beat Dion one rep, oh, and that was yeah, bad. That, that was yeah, bad. That was bad. Yeah, he got he got he got he spun destroyed. right away. He, yeah, like he was gonna go on the out and then just spun. Dion was gone. Mm-hmm. I like the Naheem Hines play, um, just bad execution, but that was also a 15 yard penalty under David Clowney. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, I like, you know, getting those guys a little bit more involved, you know, the, those speed guys. And Diggs, you know, he was all right. I mean, 448 and five targets, not not bad, but and when he didn't have an A, I don't think you got an A game from Diggs. I don't think you got an A game really from Allen. I, I think the second half and two minute warning you did, but. Yeah. For most of the for most of the first half, he didn't, and to still put up thirty one points, especially because they put up thirty one points, but it's not like they got gifted like great field. I mean, Nine Hines did really good job returning, but it's not. I think they only had one drive, maybe that started in Browns territory when they fumbled. Yeah, so they were able to move the ball. I think the next step for them is Allen takes more shots, uh, becomes more confident, and the six field goals really probably can't happen again. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not gonna complain with them scoring thirty one points, especially no. how bad it began. Yeah, no, exactly. You can't complain about 31 points on the board in a, in a W. And just my one question for you two, do you think the lack of practice this week had anything to do with the slow start? Because I know CBS, the the team was alluding to that the entire time, pretty much. I mean, I I saw, I get it. Like, especially like we're going to talk about Terrell Dodson, like those younger guys stepping in, you know what I mean? Like not having all the practice reps, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like it made some some difference in the first half, but I, I don't know if it was like, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, these guys maybe made a little bit just having to like, you know, they're focused on actually getting to the game and like, you know, making sure it's completely different. Now they probably had some concerns like with family too, because they're playing on Thanksgiving. So if they were going to do something before, you know, it might've gotten messed up. So maybe mentally, that was all a little off, but like physically, I don't see why missing a few practices during the week would make right. that much a difference. Just because you practice all year, you're in pristine athletic condition. You should be at least like, I think, I think it was more of a mental thing of having to relocate your game and being away from your family rather than like a physical thing of not practicing. Right. No, I, I would agree. I think it was more mental, emotional than not practicing. I mean, people were sick throughout the week. You have injuries, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're professionals. I think it was more a mental thing of you expected this game to be at home and you have to travel to Detroit to play it and you didn't know if you're going to be able to make it. Um, I think that, I think that's a bigger problem to me than more like the lack of practice. Um, I mean, maybe the offense, I think the offense might've been more effective by the def more than the defense, because I think the offense is just a little bit out of sorts. Right. Um, I also just think that's, you know, they just didn't play particularly clean football in that first 28 minutes. But at the end of the day, they got the job done. Um, and it was, I guess, you know, I think McDermott, they said on the broadcast that they said it was kind of like they were playing on a Thursday night game with the amount of practice. Well, 
good for them because they played this Thursday. So they, I mean, I guess they're prepared now for that. Yeah. Well, and they stayed on the visitors sideline in the visitors locker room to have that experience ready. So, I mean, they did it right, but I mean, let's just, let's take a look here. Who was, who was bad? I mean, uh, I, I, before, before, uh, before we, I, I will say this though, for the thing that stepped up, cause we, we a little bit glossed over it. The run defense. Oh yeah. All day. Yeah. There's a couple of runs that were like nine, 10 yard runs. Other than that, they were really good all day of Chubb and Hunt. The D yeah. tackles had probably their best games in a while against a really good front and the Browns too. So it's not like they're playing bad competition. Uh, Milano had a nice game as well. Um, and nice to have Poyer in. And Hamlin also got robbed. That was not uh, pass interference. I'm no. It was, I, I was I was mad watching that because, like, granted, he did hook around him, but he didn't, like, pull him like, or anything like that. You know what I mean? I didn't know if the ball know. was catchable either. It was going out of bounds, wasn't it? Or it was I think it was, catch, it was catchable, but, like, sure. he was make, but he was making the play on the ball. It you know, it been, yeah. Like, he turned. I don't know. It was it was bad call. Yeah, it was bad. it was iffy. But, so, but to uh, to make your, your point after the who played bad, um, I would <laughs> say Von Miller's lack of finishing was bad. But I mean, yeah. he was he was disruptive. Um, but I would say you know I think they really missed Tremaine in this game. The the Browns mm. constantly attacked the middle of the field. Dobson was terrible in coverage. Yeah, like the dude they got straight lucky on that one drive and those tight ends. I mean, the first ball was good by the D lineman. Uh, to pressure him, the se- the second ball that tight end down the seam on like it wasn't third go- third and goal, but it was like third near the in the red zone. Right. I don't know how. Like James Lawson was like, oh, it's out the fingertips. I was like, dude, that should have been caught. Like, he got, yeah. I mean, he just he well, then he terrible. celebrated too. No, that's oh, that made my brother so mad. He was like, I can't <laughs> believe he's celebrating on a play he got absolutely whooped on. <laughs> but right. no, it was it was it was a brutal game from him. I think it shows you know why they need Tremaine back, but I don't think Tremaine's going to be back this week. So um, it's kind of like, do we make a change? I don't know. I think you kind of have to. And then the DBs were brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, every DB got picked on, except Xavier Rose. I mean, he had some pretty nice reps. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, no, yeah. Um, but every DB, and it was one of those situations where, like, some of them, yes, they got whooped off the line, like tearing on that slant. But there was a couple where, like, they had good positioning, but, I mean, I, at one point, you gotta make a be able to make a play on the ball. And they, right. they, I mean, Peoples Jones is a beast. Cooper's a good receiver, but there was like yeah. four or five chances to make plays on the ball that the defensive backs of the Bills just got beat. I yeah. don't know. Even that that last touchdown when um the Browns got up to twenty three there, like it seemed like Dane, if he had turned and like been watching the ball, probably could have broken it up or even maybe got a pick. Yeah, like he was in good positions, just he didn't get his head around and that let Cooper get the touchdown. I couldn't so, believe that was a touchdown when I saw yeah, it. I mean, I could, I, but I was like, oh, my God, come on. Like, No, you can definitely tell that, like, we need uh, a tray. No. I, Tremaine Edmonds is, was a huge, huge miss. I, I mean, like we said before, he's someone we have to definitely work on resigning and everything just because he has been so locked down this year. And like I said, I this or if you told me this was going to happen earlier this year, I, w- I would have said you're nuts, but – the Tremaine train is, is cooking right now. So I well, mean... I think what happened to this game is the Bills really focused on stopping the run, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, They blitzed a lot, and they left their DBs out to dry. Right. And I think that was part of the issue as well, is that it was a lot of one-on-ones. They didn't have that much help. It also showed you that, you know, eventually talent, you know, wins supreme in the NFL, and, you know, you've been able to go – you survive with these kind of depth corners as your starting corners, but 
I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, like Trey White and Kyrie Lam, the two corners that were out are going to be your starting corners. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree. Like, Benford's Dane solid. Jackson's probably your three. Mm-hmm. Benford's probably your four. Obviously, Terrence your slot. But, like, I don't know. Trey Trey White, when healthy, is a, he was a first-team first team All-Pro a few years ago. First-team so. and second-team. Yeah. Two-time All-Pro. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he's an All-Pro corner, Pro Bowler. Kyrie Lam's shown glimpses of being, like, a number one, number two corner. And mm-hmm. he should be able to learn a lot from Trey because obviously Trey is now 27. So like he's still in his prime here, but still coming back from this ACL. Maybe he's not the same player he once was. Right. Maybe he's not as aggressive. I think he plays a little more conservative just from fear of the turf, like they're I saying. I think that, or? yeah, like Dom was saying, if, like the only reason why he's not back maybe is just because he doesn't want to re injure his knee. He's more afraid of that because he actually cares about like post football. Um, so I think those two, if completely healthy, can be. Lockdown number one, number two. Like, I don't think Dane is bad. I don't think Benford's bad, but they've just proven to be not every week starters. No, they've they've proven to be mm-hmm. depth corners, and that's not mm-hmm. a bad right. thing. I mean, they could mm-hmm. they could start a game or two, but when they're they're when you're the, they're, they're your two starting outside <laughs> cornerbacks, it's not a great sign. Yeah. Um, but what gives me hope about Trey is Trey's always one of those guys that was never it was athletic, but was never as athletic as like the top corners. But the reason why he was a top corner is because he's just so smart. And savvy, so I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if when he comes back from say ACL surgery, like he's gonna be fine because he's his main his main skill sets the mind. You know, it's not really his mm-hmm. athletic. He's an it's just technique and savviness. So, right, we get to have him back. Obviously, I don't think they're not gonna have him back this week. I don't think, but Mm-mm. I think honestly, we get him primed for the postseason more than anything at this point. Looking at it, you know what I mean to have him back there. But I mean, I'd like to see him come in maybe a little bit here and there. But I don't know. We'll see. Play it by ear. You know he's going to be good when he comes back. So, and it'll be a help. So, but yeah. we got to have those guys back. It was nice to have Porter back. He made a couple of really nice plays. Yeah. So, I mean, you get the secondary health, you get Tremaine back. Um, unfortunately, Epinesa gets injured now, and now it seems like, you know, we're going to talk about it. But you know, the, their depths at the edge, which was a strength, is now not, it's still a strength, but now it's becoming really tested with Rousseau and Epinesa banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, it's a good win. I would like somehow to get Naheem Himes more touches offensively because that dude was electric returning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was. Listen, it was fantastic. Listen, I think I do think this though. And listen, we might always be upset with the amount of touches he gets offensively, but I think the Bills have understood that they needed someone to take Andre Roberts' role, his spot on the team, yeah. and I think they realized that Isaiah McKenzie's not that returner. They drafted Marquez Stevenson, but that dude can't stay healthy. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, Hines can do some gadget plays, but he's also his he's maybe his main maybe we had to stop looking at him as a running back, really, as more of a returner. But I still think they should be giving him more opportunities in the offense. Yeah, even as just as a receiving back, we're struggling in the slot. Maybe try and give him some some mm-hmm. reps and see if that helps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, I mean, speaking of possible future slot running backs, I mean, I mean. We talked, we touched on it a little bit. I mean, James Cook really stepped up. He's been so confident recently, just in his play style. It from the first game where he fumbled on the first touch to now, like it's not the same guy out there. And it's so out of the rookies. I mean, it's kind of tough to compare defensive rookies on the Bills to James Cook, but I mean, he's been this like he's taken those strides to where you could see him really developing. Where like Elam's showing the glimpses, but James Cook is continually showing those glimpses. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we really like to see because for a while it just seems like we haven't had that number one runner. Like you can say Shady was a good running back for us, but like 
our team was kind of yeah. meh at the time. Mm-hmm. And his last year was just brutal. Yeah. Like, once he hit 30, he just fell off. Yeah. Um, I he mean, 10, like a thousand yards and he was like, oh, nope, I'm out. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we really haven't had a true elite game changing running back since Thurman, mm-hmm. I would say. I, w- I would agree. So if I'm not saying James Cook right now has to be that, but if in a few years he can mm-hmm. be that dual threat receiver runner game changing back, that's it'd be really good. Cause at that point, Allen, you know, he'll be a little bit older. He'll still be in his prime, but you know, Maybe Diggs not will be older. Digs might not be around. You know, we don't know what Davis is going to do if he's going to come back or not. So balls, he could man. be, he can be very important. No, I think, I think what's shown is that this ground game is improving a lot from the beginning of the year. Now, Grant, some of that's competition. They're playing some bad run defenses, but <laughs> yeah. it's nice to see James Cook step up. Devin's been playing very solid. It's nice for them to start utilizing Knox. It's just they need to find a way to get more production on the slot, like point blank. They need to figure out who that is because at this stage of the game, it seems like Diggs is, is Diggs. He's right. going to always be there. Yeah. Knox is starting to be you know, emerge himself mm-hmm. and the ground game's come along and Davis is just, I think you're just going to have to accept Davis for his flaws that he'll make a couple really nice plays, but he's also going to do some like really stupid plays like yeah. dropping that ball on third down. Yeah. I think you just got to understand like he's an inconsistent too. He's going to have games where you potentially get like get a 50 yard touchdown, but he's also going to have a game where he drops the ball directly in the stands. Right. But what to comprehend that, like you need someone under another guy underneath to kind of help him out, be like that Cole Beasley. Yeah. Um, That's why I wish yeah. Jameson Crowder was healthy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just see think, how he would do. I just think they need, they need someone to step up um, in that role. And if it's, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's shown that he's really not that. Shakir really, I mean, hasn't really got an opportunity, but he also hasn't been stunning when he has the opportunity. So, I don't know. I would, maybe it's Naheem Himes. Maybe it's James Cook. Maybe it's the running backs that, Kind of, not maybe not Singletary, but maybe it's Cook and Hines that more. Hey, we're going to use you out of the backfield to be the slot guy. I don't know. They they, they got to figure it out though. Or you know, it's Quinn Morris. I haven't heard yeah. his name. In a, I haven't heard his heard his name in a quite a bit of time, and he played a lot. Yeah, he's been playing a lot, and he's been running a lot of routes. And I don't know if Josh isn't looking for him. He's not open. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he does make good catches when he's thrown to. I mean, very little times he has been, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. been consistent whenever he's targeted. So. I don't know. It's just it's interesting to see where this team's heading because, you know, you think right now, like we were the Super Bowl favorite. Right. I don't know if the I haven't checked the odds on that. Right. They're, they're not. I don't think I think Kansas no. City is. Yes. Which makes sense. Right. They've been playing great football. But you would think going into this season that, you know, this team was figured out with Josh and, you know, the offense was going to be the offense. But we're seeing this running game all of a sudden develop from where it was last year and like start showing that. You know what I mean? Like it's actually can be consistent, especially with these young guys. And I don't where just my question to you, um, kind of out of pocket a little bit. Singletary's contract year, right? We're in it right now. Do you we have also resign? We have to worry about Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds, who have had whenever they're playing healthy, great games. Do you resign Singletary and you know? keep Hines as that receiving back or punt return, kick return or whatever he is and keep uh Singletary and cook, or do you let Singletary walk and try and bring Hines and cook, like maintain them? Cause you've got two more years of Hines on his current contract and cooks, you know, they're both young. So uh, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think 
I would like to re-sign Singletary because I think he's a nice compliment back. I don't think he's yeah. obviously not number one, and I don't think the Bills really ever run. Like, they would just want that one guy. I think they like a lot of rotation kind of everywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they'd bring him back because he'd be – I don't think he'd break the bank, even if he becomes a free agent. Right. I don't think there's going to be a bidding war or anything for Devin Singletary. I think he'd come <laughs> back – I would bring him back maybe, like, two to three years. I wouldn't give him a super long term. Yeah. I think – That'd be a nice little term because we all know once running backs get in their late twenties, they hit thirty. That's kind of it for them. Like it's just the way it is. So I mean, I think cost wise, it wouldn't be too much to bring him back. Plus, he knows the system. Uh, I think Josh trusts him in a sense to be able to give him the ball. And I don't know. I think just having like a committee like that would be the smart move. No, I think I think. I think they should bring him back. I think yeah. two for eight, two for ten. I think that's the what Melvin Gordon got, I believe, two for ten. So I think that would probably be the price. I mean, there's there's a pretty deep running back class. Um, so I think you know that would lower his demand, so his price would decrease. So yeah, only it'd be too expensive, and it'd be nice to have, you know, still have that Cook Singletary. And I think that's a really good combo right now. And yeah, yeah I, I, I think it'd be smart to have if it's cheap. If he wants. You know, long term and more than. Yeah, it was fun for the four years, man. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, I agree. I think we should keep him around, but I, I, I think we got to move on now to the Lions game on Thanksgiving back in Detroit for the second week in a row, back in that same visitors' locker room, same visitors' side of the field. I mean, it's interesting. Twenty nineteen season, they started off two straight games that meant life. So, yeah, we went two and zero in those games. Come on now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're back in Detroit. There were a lot of Lions fans at the game, by the way. It's just they were they were repping the Bills, you know. Yeah, they, were... they got three in a row right now, the Lions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the first time they shut they shut down your Giants, Joe. They did, but I picked the Lions. I faded the Giants last week, so you know you gotta. I gotta... listen to my advice. Yeah, yeah. So the Bills are ten point favorites going into this game. Not surprising. Not really surprising to me. The Lions are kind of hit or miss. Like they'll play good games, but they always seem to to lose you know what I mean so and especially against the team like the Bills now with a win in their pocket coming off of that I mean it is a short week though but I think it helps it's in the same spot right so like Mm -hmm. those the experience will be the same like what do you think I mean just coming back to Detroit for the short week yeah I mean I think they'll be ready I think mentally they're always ready for Thursday night games like they knew going in this was going to be Thanksgiving afternoon so I don't think that's going to be anything Right. Um, I just don't want this to be like a trap game because now we finally won a game and then we're <laughs> like, oh, we can, you know, we're going to start rolling again. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that the Lions are the most feared opponent, but they're on a roll too right now. So I feel like this could be a team where you overlook them and they could steal one from you. But I'm not overly concerned that we're going to lose this game at all. Like, I think we're going to build off of what we did last week. Um, I thinking maybe you'll see some more shots from Allen. Maybe maybe sneak in a trick play or two. I don't know. Maybe yeah, get a little bit. Show yeah, on national it. TV. Showcase the squad. What, John yeah. Brown to Devin Singletary 2019? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get I the mean, Dable, Dable mindset flowing in Dorsey. You know, with those trick, cute little trick Hopefully plays. Hopefully not run Dable's offense last week. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think this is maybe a di- different game. The Lions held Barkley to 15 carries with 22 yards, So, but they have one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Yeah, so I still think the Bills are going to try and run the ball a little bit to, you know, put the pressure off Allen. But I think this is just a big game for the pass offense. I think you're going to see some big numbers from Diggs. Hopefully, 
Knox scores a tud. I mean, I, I think this is a big day for the passing offense. But, I mean, as Mike said, like, the Lions are from middle of follow. Like, they're a solid football team. Yeah. They play very hard for 60 minutes, and you got to bring your you got to bring your cowbell, man. It's going to be a physical game. They're going to try and establish the run. I think DeAndre Swift's still a little – I mean, he's playing, but I don't know if he's going to play because he's a little bit banged up. Yeah. But they have Jamal Williams, who's kind of a, a bruising back. Uh, they do a lot of good stuff with Amara St. Brown. I mean, that dude's a stud. Yeah. But Jared Goff is Jared Goff, man. I'm thinking <laughs> – it's not. It's not a. It's not a great offensive line. It's a good. It's an average offensive line. And if they can be able to put pressure on Goff, I mean, he's going to fold like a cracker. So, um, I I would say if the D line can get pressure on Goff, and if the offense could take advantage of a pretty poor pass defense, the Lions one of the worst. I think at one point they were one of the worst pass defenses of all time. So, yeah, if those two things reign true. The Bills have a very good chance of winning this football game. No, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean. We mentioned AJ Epinesa is in fact injured, and that is him and Groot will not be on the edge. It'll be Von Miller, and who do you think they're going to call up for the for his replacement at this point? Well, they have Boogie, they have Shaq. They Shaq had a good game last week. I mean, yeah, he, he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think this is I think this is Boogie Basham's breakout game. You know, yeah. you, have that, you have that pick on national television, against <laughs> the Rams. I think, yeah. I think he's going to get a, make a nice play in this game. But I probably think Mike Love, uh, maybe. Um, Kingsley Jonathan, they just you know picked him back up from the practice squad. I think he got cut by the Colts, but I think I think they're gonna reward Mike Love. He's been on the practice squad for like four years now, so yeah. I think he'll probably get a game day call up. And again, it's, it's a big it's a big day for the edge rushers, uh, you know, in the ground game and be able to get to Jared Goff. And with your second, probably I would say your third best uh, edge rusher out, it's a uh, it's gonna be tested that 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 depth. Yeah. No, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, no, I think like you were saying how early in the year our defensive line was so deep and, you know, they're just going to hit a rotation. And now it's like kind of, uh, you know, seemed like Von Miller earlier in the year was more of an, on a like a snap count. Like I think he still is, but now these are a lot more important snaps that he's taking because when he's not in the field, um, you know, who, who are we relying on? You know, like these are practice sweat guys, backup guys, like – I don't know, like, but he was saying average line, so not too crazy. And Jared Goff can't really move, so I think I don't know. We'll see how our depth is. I think we'll see how linebackers step up. See how the secondary, if they do any blitzes or anything. I know Matt Milano had a really clean sack on Brissett because he yeah. saw. I think it was Hamlin was blitzing. I think it was he saw Taren, him. Taren slop. Taren, someone he he saw them. Did not see Milano at all. No. He just got a clean sack. So it should no. be interesting. It should be a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really explosive offensive game. Um, so it's going to be up to those, you know, those young Bills DBs to really keep some of those playmakers in check. Um, but do you before... think AJ Klein plays in this game? Sorry to cut you off. No, no, I was about to go. <laughs> oh, were you? Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. I'm going to say they're going to stick with Dodson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, AJ Klein's a solid cover linebacker. He's not good yeah. against the run. Um, which is his downfall. He's also a, you know, when we talked about him in the 2020 season, he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those guys that probably will be pretty bad for the majority of the game, but he'll make that. You know, like the Seahawks, he got the strip sack on Russ. Like, yeah, he'll make a he'll he'll make like a really big play in a, in in a probably a big part of the game. So, I mean, I think I would rather have him out there than Tyrell Dobson just for the yeah. coverability. But I doubt they're gonna make a change because of the short week and 
Mm-hmm. I, I guess Klein's more of like the Matt Milano or Ty- I don't know. It's, honestly, I think they, I, we could see it. I don't know. I think it'll be a game time decision, if anything, but I don't know. We'll see. So Josh Allen beats Dallas on the 430 Thursday game. The 4th 4th 30. Wow. Uh <laughs> Thanksgiving game in 2019. Mm-hmm. Last year, RSC goes into New Orleans and beats the Saints on the night game. Now plays the Lions at 1230. Um, does he finish the trifecta? He's played well in all both those games as he finished yeah. the, the the sweep. I think he would be the I think he would be the first quarterback ever to win all on all three time slots on Thanksgiving. Well, if I it's going to be anyone, it's going to be does. him. Mm-hmm. My next yeah, question I mean, would be this though: <laughs> At the, when when the Bills play, I mean the Bills will probably play again on Thanksgiving Day because the NFL loves them on Thanksgiving. Will the Bills be of the home team finally? I mean, it could mm-hmm. only it could only be the night game because, of course, Dallas for a reason has to have the four thirty. And Dallas is okay having the four thirty. I have no idea why the Lions have a home game at noon on Thanksgiving. I, I think it's just tradition, man. Just because it it... they're bad and that we feel bad for them. Like, I, I mean, someone's gonna play <laughs> roast me for that, but like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. No, I, I think it's just been that way for a long time, and I, I think they're just they're kind of rolling with it. You know what I mean? But I would love to see the Bills have a a home game on Thanksgiving, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It'll, it'll all, I feel like we're more likely to when the new stadium's built. No, you're right. No, I feel like that would definitely all. be when. Mm-hmm. It's also a weird, it's also a weird time of year because obviously they just had to move a game from home to Detroit. Like, yeah. the weather's always kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a question like, mark in November. <laughs> and like, you can't go to Detroit because Detroit actually has a home game that day unless you want to do a double header on the same field. So, yeah, I think maybe. If, when the new stadium is built and it's got a little more coverage from the snow, you know, just the field normally gets hit. They might be able to contain that a little more than the entire stadium, you know? So that might be, I mean, God forbid we have another winter storm like that. You know what I mean? In orchard park where there's six, 77 inches of snow. So I don't know. I think maybe in the future with the new stadium, that might be when that, that happens, but yeah. So know. we talked, we talked a little, key success we talked a little bit about injuries i want to go into x factors real quick who 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 is the x factor in this game joe we'll start with you you can ask questions i'll I'll ask you the question all right all right ask me the question uh i am going to go with good i'm gonna stick i'm gonna go with dawson for this week i think you know the checkdowns are gonna be big like you said their pass defense is iffy so i think he's gonna dawson knox is gonna have a day big dude you know what i mean and making some big catches i hope davis does but then again the hands haven't been sure all season, so it's kind of hit or miss with him. You know what I mean? So I'm going to stick with Knox because I'd like to see him just even further his development into that receiving third option. You know what I mean for the tight end position? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on a limb here. I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to have a game. Oh. I think they're going to do some gadget stuff with him, give him some end arounds, give him some throws. Like, I just feel like he's due to have a game. It always seems like at least once a year he has some randomly good game. I think that's going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah, like that Patriots game in New England last year right mm-hmm. after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. The X factor will be the the edge the edges after Von Miller. Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, Mike Love. Well, I'm wow. supposed to Mike Love. If those three guys have good games. The Bills will be in good position. So I'll, I'll go them. I'll, I'll make it even, you know, I said Buggy had a pick against the Rams. I think he causes another turnover. I'm oh. not going to say whether it's a forced Damn. fumble or a pick, but we'll have to find out uh, 12.30 on Thursday. 
love to see him get a strip sack. Come on, Boogie. Come on, Boogie Basham. Let's go. I love that. I mean, now, though, just keys to success in general here. What do the Bills have to do to get this victory? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit. Maybe make those deeper passes against, you know, their their lower-rated pass defense. But I think you try the run. You got to test everything out and then just kind of go from there. You know what I mean? Like, don't just all of a sudden write off Cook and Singletary because they have a good rush defense. You know what I mean? Just kind of test everything out. I mean, you did in the first quarter of this game, so the past Browns game. So I, I think they got to do that and just let Allen be Allen, you know? Yeah, I think staying ahead of schedule. You saw in the first half, you know, the Bills were not staying ahead of schedule. You know, Josh was throwing a lot of incompletions on first, second down, and all of a sudden it's third and 11, third and 10. Mm-hmm. If the Bills can constantly at least, you know, I would say take deep shots, but also constantly be able to put themselves in that third manageable range, I think they'll have a lot of success offensively and then defensively. I mean, it's Jared Goff, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. No. Michael story, of his, story, of, story of his career, man. Can't deal with pressure. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. No, I think it's funny. You know, Jared Goff, remember, not too long ago, he was in a Super Bowl. Hey, he's he winning more Super Bowls than Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. But that Super so, Bowl, that was questionable, that that appearance, because of that pass interference call against the Saints in the, true. the, the championship true. game. So, I don't Very know. True. That was that Hunters was, with MVP that game. Some, anyway. some would say fraudulent. I, yeah, the fraudulence, you could spell it from here. The fraudulence. That's all I have the F word was dropped. Yes, it was Jeez. dropped. And there were a lot of people mad after that game. So, yeah, I don't know. Questionable Super Bowl appearance, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think we'll have a problem with him. Now, is there anyone notable on their before we get to Bill's injuries? Is there anyone notable on the Lions that's injured? That I mean, it's like anything question. crazy? Why don't you talk? About, let's talk about the Bills' injuries then. All right, we'll go to we'll go to that. All right, so the Bills. I mean, it's just Tremaine Edmonds, right? Tremaine's out with his ankle, not returning. Tre'Davious White still inact, well, inactive. Greg Russo, uh, AJ Epinesa. Anyone else? Am I am I blanking Ooh, on anything? Mitch Morris did not practice today. Oh, and there's shoot. a very good chance that he doesn't play. So that would mean who? Because he was in a boot after the cam. So that Van could mean that we could have Van Rotten. We could have Van Rotten again. I would prefer that they put Bates in, and then mm-hmm. they put someone like Questenberry or uh, like guard, and have that lineup. Yeah, they Van Rotten was was not, when he came in in that Titans game. Um. After Morse hurt his elbow, the snap. Remember, they were we were watching it right there. They were the snaps were not nearly him and Josh were not linked up very well. So I'd rather see someone else go in there other than Van Rotten. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. Josh is getting all the practice with Morse. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if you threw Case Keenum in there, he'd have good snaps with Van Rotten. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Allen's not really practicing taking snaps from anyone else. So I think no matter who you put in, the snaps aren't always going to be perfect. But right. yeah, no. At that Titans game, some of the snaps were a little bad, a little questionable. So Dolphins game especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing him in there just because he has starts as a center. But like, yeah, I think base would be a good option too. I think Questenberry needs to be on the field too because I think he's a good offensive lineman. Yeah, just in general blocking and everything. You're right. Yeah. So any. Transitioning from the Bills to the Lions, the Lions had seven players unable to pl- practice uh, projected on Monday. Okay. Frank Radner, Frank Ragnow foot, Evan mm-hmm. Brown ankle, Jonah Jackson illness for their offensive line, defensive lineman Charles Harris groin, Josh Pascal knee, wide receiver Josh Reynolds back, and cornerback Jeff Okuda concussion. So mm-hmm. those are some pretty big names. I mean, 
Ragnall is a Pro yeah. Bowl center. I think Brown's a starting guard. Charles Harris is a solid edge rusher. Josh Reynolds is kind of that number two, number Six three. Alum. I was about to say, I knew his name sounded familiar. <laughs> number two, number three corner. Then Akura, I was number three over a pick a couple years back. He's played pretty solid this year, but concussions is a hard time to hard thing to go through. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. No, I'm, and then I know um, he's obviously not going to play, but they did activate Jamison Williams. So he's got 21 mm-hmm. days. So he's not going to play Thursday, but he will be coming right. back shortly. All righty. I mean, I feel like, you know, it, it's still it, either way. I mean, even with our injuries, I, I, I think we'll be able to to squeeze out the win here. I mean, let's just look at it, though. At the end of the game, who's the we'll start offensive. Who's an offensive MVP? Who who wins the day for the Bills? Would you say, Dom, you, you kick it, kick us off, buddy. Josh Allen. I know. I, you know, we're trying to be unique on this podcast, not pick the, the standard <laughs> answer, but I mean. You're against one of the worst pass defenses. Josh Allen eats on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, they I want that hope, turkey leg. After I just the game. hope. I just hope they don't give him NBC's turkey leg. Uh, that dry turkey leg this this time around. <laughs> no, they're not on NBC. I know they're on CBS with Tony yeah. Romo, Joseph yeah. announcer. Great. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite. No. Mike, what about you? <laughs> give, give, give me Josh Stone for three fifty and four touchdowns. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, I said my X factor is McKenzie. I think he's gonna have a game, but the MVP will probably be Diggs because I think they're gonna maybe make up for him being such a little part of the Cleveland Browns game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had like 10 catches for like 120 and a touchdown. Mm. All right. I think well, what, how long was it would be the touchdown? You think a little fade? Yeah. Maybe like within the five yard line, 10 yard line. He had a missile to him against the Browns. He fell over. Yeah, yeah, he did. He also did. You see, he watched it through the the through his legs. Like he he was really? looking to see. I had to yeah. say he threw that, and I was like, oh man, this must be a tight window. He really gave it all. He was wide open. Yeah, like, he kind of just lobbed it, my guy. But hey, it. got the job done. Yeah, but my my offensive MVP would definitely. I'm gonna say Josh Allen. Dom, I'm right with you. He's gonna have a monster game against this pass defense and you know I'll, I'll even i'll back your your claim 350 for four tutties i like that i like the sound of that so that being said defensive mvps i am gonna go with matt milano i'm gonna be honest with you i think he's gonna he's gonna have another monster game um as always he's gonna be great yeah i think he's gonna get back there put some pressure on you know and just eat he's gonna be he's gonna be eating quite a bit after this game no he's definitely an underrated player but um i'm mm-hmm. i think I think uh, Dean Jackson, he's going to have a pretty good game. I think he's going to get a pick. Bounce back? I think he's getting <laughs> an interception this game. Hmm. You know who I'm picking? Boogie. Boogie Basham, yeah. He's going to cause a turnover in the game. Again, not 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 saying it's going to be a second interception of the year or it's going to be a forced fumble, but. Yeah, something. You know, game-changing play by Boogie Basham. Could potentially be a touchdown, too. Not ruling that one on either. <laughs> well, you know what? I'd love to see all of that happen. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. So, But let's. Let's finish it off here with score predictions for the game. Dom, what do you got? I got Buffalo 38, Detroit 28. All right, 10-point victory. Mike, what about you? Bills 40, Lions 21. Okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go Bills 35 to 14, Lions. So, I think the Bills Bills have a day. So, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. But we're gonna we're gonna merge our 
betting on the bills episode this week we're only doing one episode because of you know this holiday we call thanksgiving so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be eating quite a bit so we're gonna we're gonna go over our picks from last week here dom had a week went 11 and 3 congratulations what a good week i mm-hmm. then was nine and five and mike was eight and six all above 500 this week unlike last week where we were all under 500 so totals for the season dom's 104 59 and one I'm 101, 62 and one, and Mike is 88, 75 and one. Not bad, gentlemen. Not bad. You don't see many. I like we, we say every week. Like we say every week, you don't see many, many that accurate. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to see, you know. But let's move into these game picks for the week. We are going to be picking the Giants Cowboys game, Patriots Vikings, Bengals Titans, Steelers Colts, and Bears and Jets, and. I think honestly, this week's a better looking week than a lot of these others have been. Just the way the teams have played out, you know. Thanksgiving too. All these we're doing every Thanksgiving game, including the Bills game that we just picked. So, Mike, do you want to kick us off? You pick pick the game you want to start with first. I, uh, I have a feeling well, you're going top of the list. Well, yeah, we'll just start at the top here. <laughs> um, I think the Giants are going to beat the Cowboys. Seems like Cowboys. Okay, well, <laughs> I think. This is the thing. I don't know. Joe took over your body for a minute there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I don't know. Every time the Cowboys get a win, it's like, oh, they're the best team in the NFL. They're winning the Super Bowl. Every time they lose a game, it's like, oh, the Cowboys suck. They're the worst team in their division. Oh, my God. End of the world. So, you know, I just think they got a blowout win over the Vikings, which was number two seed in the NFC. I think that's going to get in their head that they're like this unstoppable team. And I think the Giants are going to come in, and I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be a one-score game, and I think the Giants are going to win. All I'm right. A, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the beatdown. They're going to make a statement. Daniel Jones, fraudulent. This Cowboys defense is legit, one of the best defense. I think they, through, what, 10 games, they have 42 sacks or something like that, which is the most all-time. The Giants' offense line ain't going to stop them, so – no, Dak's going to make a statement again on Thanksgiving primetime. Dallas wants to be the team to be in that division. Giants are just a real block in their way. Give me the Cowboys big. All right. I. Oh, I and, like... fin- and, and finally, they're using Tony Pollard, which they're mm-hmm. stunned to realize that's a positive result. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dom. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, the these two teams have played earlier this season and the Giants fell to Cooper Rush. And like Dom said, they're really using Tony Pollard now, which I'm, I, I've been big on Tony Pollard all season. He's produced more than Zeke, you know, like when they play together. So I, I'm, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys, especially with Dak back. I just feel like it's, it's different, but the, the next game, the Patriots, New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. This is like the Vikings are three point favorites at home. So I think it's going to be a Vikings bounce back. I don't think the Patriots yeah. played well at all. No. Yeah. And they, they got, got lucky, lucky on, a... on the punt return. Yeah. So I think the Vikings are going to bounce back in this one. I agree. I'm taking the Minnesota. That's Vikings. the, that's you the don't... night game. Thanksgiving night game. I believe Ugh. so. I think night this is going to be a tough gritty game. One in the trenches. England <laughs> wins by a field goal. I just, I think, this, wow. listen, I, th- I think Kirk Cousins is going to struggle. I think the Patriots do a very good job defensively. Mm, you only have four yeah. days to plan for them. Well, and it's primetime Kirk Cousins. He normally yeah. folds. So, yeah, they're going to have a good game plan for them. I think, I think they're going to be able to put pressure on Kurt. I and mean, Matt Judah is going to have a big game. 
And the Patriots defense is legit. And I think, you know, this this Patriots offense, Matt Mac was efficient uh, against the Jets. And that's a good Jets defense. So I think it's a little downgrade to the playing the you know, the Vikings defense is still solid, but not I don't want to say elite. And right. I, I think the Patriots get their ground game going again and and they get a sixteen thirteen, that kind of a gritty dub, as Mike calls it. A gritty dub. Gritty, gritty. dub. Well you said it's one for the trenches. I mean yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think you lose forty to three and then lose to the Patriots who got lucky on the the return. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know. It'll be a close game. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Vikings will overtake by three by three points at least. So, I, Mike and I, Vikings, Dom, Patriots. So next game, the rematch from last playoffs: the Bengals against the Titans. The upset. Except the Bengals yep. are one and a half point road favorites on yep. this game. Disrespect the Titans. Give me the Titans all day. I don't mm-hmm. listen. The Bengals, they flop, man. They have some yeah. really floppy games. Like they flopped against the Browns. They flopped against, I mean, because the Cooper Rush game doesn't look as bad, but that was a bad L. The Steelers game of Mitch Trubisky, they took an L. They didn't play particularly well last game against Kenny Pickett. I yeah. think Derrick Henry is going to run for like 150 yards, two touchdowns, yeah. especially, especially because I think this is a motivation. I mean, who, 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 Whose side wants to play harder? Like the Bengals beat this team in the playoffs. Like I think the Titans want revenge. They they want that blood. And yeah, because they sacked Joe Burrow nine times and still managed to lose that. The game. defense is playing. <laughs> the Titans defense is playing one of the be- is playing as one of the best teams in football. Yeah, still probably no Jamar Chase. I mean, I don't tell you other than I think the Titans. I think the Titans roll. I think this is a blowout. As long as Tannehill takes care of the ball, they're gonna run the ball well. Get to Joe Burrow with that defense. Traylon yeah. Burks maybe catches a touchdown or two. Stepped up at 100 yards last game. Give me, give me the Titans. No, I'm on the same thing. I think the Titans are going to win. This is usually the time of the year they pick it up anyway. We've seen Derrick Henry starting to find his rhythm here. So, I don't know. I think the Bengals, they're doing a lot better than the Rams, but I still think they have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I think mm-hmm. they kind of had a Cinderella run. I don't think yeah. like we're expecting them to be this juggernaut powerhouse like the Chiefs or Bills or anything like that. So, I mean, the Titans were the number one seed last year. Like, Don't forget that. They're still right. a very well-coached team and a very hard football team to play against. So I think they're going to win. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm just a button. Like, I completely forgot the biggest mismatch on the on the gridiron is Zach Taylor versus Mike Brabel. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, Mike Brabel's got that team absolutely rolling right now. Uh, morale is high. Like, I, there's no no question to me that the Titans win. The Bengals just without Jamar Chase, it hasn't been working for them. They've rolled over, showed their belly in multiple games. So I don't know. It's like they're going to do that in this game too. The big dog Titans are coming in and the Bengals are not going to be able to win this one. Also, the Titans have have the rest advantage as well playing on last Thursday. Yes, exactly. Good stat there, buddy. Appreciate that. I try. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next game is the Steelers at the Colts. Jeff Saturday led Colts. The Colts are two and a half point favorites. Dad, why don't you start this one? Give me the Colts. I don't think this, uh-huh. the Steelers have really struggled defensively, which is weird that they have TJ Watt. I mean, they just let some Andre Pirad just score a bunch of touchdowns on them. Mm-hmm. They, the Bengals didn't have Jamar Chase. It didn't feel like they got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, especially against the below average line and the Bengals. And, the Colts are playing really hard for Jeff Saturday right now. They almost just upset the Eagles. It's in yeah. Indianapolis. It's always kind of a hostile, hard environment to play in, especially now going in there with a rookie quarterback. I just, I think this is, an, and it's probably gonna be a low-scoring game. But 
I just I like the Colts. You have a veteran quarterback. Kind of their playoffs on their four, six, and one. Like they know that they have to, you know, go on a run here, and this is a winnable game for them. So giving me the Colts at home. Yeah, no, I like that too. I think Jonathan Taylor, um, kind of like what I said with Derrick Henry, he's starting to find his rhythm. He had a really slow start to the year. He's a little bit banged up. Um, I mean, I think it was really odd the Colts bring in such an outsider like Jeff Saturday, who has no coaching experience, to be their head coach. But I don't know. It seems like the players are buying in right now. And I think, you know, they might go on a little run here. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team or really compete at all. But I think they're going to show that, hey, this guy can coach us. We can fight for him. And then, like you were just saying, the Steelers are just a mess right now. They're just really bad. So I think the Colts will win. No, I'm, I'm going to take the Colts because the Steelers are just in that rebuild phase where you can't really count on anything. You know what I mean? Like Matt Ryan, at least is a veteran. I mean, they are rallying around Jeff Saturday. I mean, it's pretty evident. You see that um, even though he lost the last high school football game he coached, uh, I'm, I'm going with the the, the the Minneapolis Colts here. So I'm going to go into the next game here. The Bears at the Jets. Uh, Jets are four and a half point favorites. Uh, give me the Bears here. I, I think I, I like the way Justin Fields has been playing. I know the Jets have a good defense, and Fields is prone to stupid mistakes. Is Justin Fields playing? Or is he, he might not. He's day to day. Day to day. Eventually, season ending, he dislocated his left shoulder. Mm. Okay. I'm going with the Jets. Spice up the pop. I think this Although, is I think Joe Flacco is going to play. You think Joe Flacco will play? When Mike yeah. White, Mike White technically is their second backup quarterback. Right? I still yeah. think they're going to start Flacco. Ooh, Flacco man. started the first three Mike games. White, Mike White, who claims he should have been the first I, overall I, pick. I, in I, draft I will pass. say this: I think Justin Fields, if he plays, makes it interesting. But you have to look at it from the perspective of you know both sides, te- two teams, two sides of the football. Like which out of those four units do you trust the most? And the Jets' defense is an elite defense. Yeah, and the Bears' defense is one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. So. I expect the Jets to be able to bounce back and put up some points where I think the Bears will really have to struggle to put up any points at all. So, right. That's also in in New Jersey. So, give me the Jets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I didn't know. I thought Justin Fields would have been fine to play. I don't know. I, didn't, I wasn't really like watching. <laughs> watching. Still, I, I wasn't still really, might like, play. I know. I'm going to pick, pick the Bears just going off the thought Justin Fields is playing. I think he's going to make it interesting. But. Um, I'll go Justin Fields playing the Bears. I'll, I'll take I'll take the Bears. The Bears. Bear down, baby. But now that's gonna that's gonna cap it off for all of our Bills and NFL talk for the day. But before we move into the Sabers topic, I want to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you? But sports got us all together here in the first place. And find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or simply visit sportseplus.com. So now, fellas, long pod today, long pod, just with all the stuff we got to fit in before we go stuff our faces with some turkey. We're moving into the Buffalo Sabres eight game losing streak. Good Lord. I was not I I, I you'd think they would have won at least one game. You know what I mean? Our didn't we predict they would go? I, I think I said three. No. So, yeah, rip. I went two and one. So. Riff to me. I think I was with you on two and one. So I, I think we all had him going positive, but that just is not the case. So, I mean, Dom, what do you what, like? Take us through the tough week that the Sabers have had. Like, what what are your thoughts? I know, I know, I see you giggling over there. I want to, I want to hear what you got. I say. just, I think it's been a really, <laughs> it's been a really frustrating couple of weeks, man. Like, yeah. I don't know what else. I mean, they lose to Vancouver, who is just begging you to beat them down. 
begging you to beat them down. The best one of the best defensemen in that game was Ethan Bear, which you could have had for free, pretty much for throwing back. And he scored. But, hey, yeah. they took Tyson Jost for free. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but <laughs> he scored. Ottawa is just a game where it was like, I don't know, tell you, like, when they had plenty of opportunities to take that game. They just didn't. The Leafs came in and just absolutely whooped them. I mean, yeah. they got whooped. I don't know mm-hmm. tell you. They, they just got Bad. demolished. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it just seems at this point like the only dude that's really shown up right now is Tage. And it's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I think you know, that Cousins line's played pretty well. Tage's line in the whole has played well. But Deline and Power played pretty well together. But, like, I mean, you have, what, four lines, that's 12 forwards. You have 18 skaters. And when only you could really count on, like, eight of them, I mean, yeah. what well, yeah. can you really do? I'm sorry. Like, what? I mean. Right. It's, no, it's, I know it's we've tough. been a little banged up, too. Like, Postal's been out. Gergensen's is out. Samuelson should be back tonight he is or back tomorrow. Tonight. He's back So he's, he's back. That's a good addition. Um, I don't know. Like, Comrie's out. So Lukanen kind of got thrown in against Toronto, and that was his brutal first game of the year to be thrown into that. like, But it wasn't his fault. Like, I no, no, no. I'm not saying, no, 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 I'm not saying the, it was his no, fault. I'm just saying like, that's a tough morale game right there. I don't You're understand right. why they started him. When Anderson owns the Leafs. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense either. No. Old know. man Anderson know. should have started. I, I agree they're, with you on that. They're just figuring things out right now. They're still a young team. They're in a rut. I think we expected there to be uh, challenges along the way. And, you know, I guess the only positive is that these young guys are hopefully learning from this. <laughs> Like the veteran guys, they're just gonna be pissed. Young guys are gonna be really pissed, but hopefully they get something out Motivated. of it. Motivated, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you look at their week coming up, I mean, they're home. Not home. I'm sorry, they're in Montreal, which Montreal's playing pretty well. But I mean, that should be a dub. Like, I mean, you gotta win that game tomorrow. Yeah. They play the Blues, who are hot. Yeah, but they get those cool red and black jerseys. Come on, you gotta mm-hmm. win. You gotta win yeah. those on. Win it and for the-, the red and black goat head. Come on. Yeah, Friday, uh, they play the best team currently in the NHL on the New Jersey Devils at home. Uh, sorry, Lindy. I hate the Devils. Um, no, and then, and no. Then, don't hate the Devils. And then Monday they play home against Tampa. So a pretty brutal four-game stretch. I mean, three of them are at home. Um, one of them are in really cool uniforms, though. So it's just – I mean, this is why you don't build your team off vibes. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm going to say yeah. it straight up. This is why you don't build your team off vibes. Because just because the locker room is great – doesn't mean Does that mean the on ice product is great. And yes, for the longest time, both have been terrible. Like with Eichel there, toxic locker room, not getting on ice results. So now they go, oh, we have a good locker room. We're starting to maybe get some on ice results. Let's not change anything. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what you're doing. It's just, you can't, in the NHL, you have to always improve your roster. And yes, could you say, we're adding J.J. Paterko. We're adding Jack Quinn. Like, that's going to help improve the roster. And those two guys have played well. So, right. it's not like you got that wrong. It's the fact of your coach is mis- mismanaging this roster. This roster has been dying for you to improve it with your injuries. You have not, you don't do it. It's just it's 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 just an organizational fail, failure for these first 18 games. And I'm one of these guys that's like, I don't care if they make the playoffs or not, as long as they're competitive. Yeah. But and the they're fact just not is being that, competitive. But – they're be well. They're being competitive, but then they're just at the end of it, not getting any results. I like it's like they're somewhat being competitive. Like there's improvements, sure, but like you can't be seven and eleven. 
Like, can mm-hmm. you get to 80 points? Like, is that really that hard? Can you be a 500 team? 500 mm-hmm. teams don't make the playoffs. They're not close to making the playoffs. But can you be that? No, like, you can't settle for free slurpy day, 7-11. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's it's, not good. It's, it's brutal. It's it's really pathetic, to be completely honest with you. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think they've played necessarily terrible in the stretch. I mean, their defense has kind of stayed most of the same. Their five-on-five goals for they've lost a little bit of quality, so they're not producing as much. And at the end of the day, yeah, they're not getting the saves they did in the beginning of the year, and they're not finishing at high, that high rate as they were in the beginning of the year. So they're getting a little unlucky. But at the same time, I mean, they're losing these games. And Sabres in November, just in general, are just always dog, too. Yeah, we've only had one win in uh, for Buffalo sports in general in the month of November, and that was by the Bills. So, I mean, it's just they uh, – I know, I know you touched on this, Dom, but everyone's always like, oh, Granado came along. The locker room vibes are fantastic. This team's on the up and up. Okay, maybe the vibe, like you said, the vibes are on the up and up, but you're not seeing, you're seeing a little bit of change, right? Like just a little bit, but nothing like drastic to the point where it's like, oh, Granado's like, he's a good developmental coach. I will say that. Like that's, but do you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of I aggravating. Mean, he's, he's good at times developing, but yeah. sometimes he's been, I think he's been really brutal this year, just overall in general. Uh-huh. Of, you know, I guess we'll like, talk about it later with the whole Payne Krebs situation, but that's been completely butchered. Um, scratching the wrong people. It's just, I don't know, man. It's one of those situations where it's like you don't want to make a move to empath the locker room. Right. But at one point, like, do you just say the locker room can survive if we move out this dude? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if one per, if you can't move out a fringe NHL or like middle state Lofsen, about thinking, oh my god, the locker room's gonna be in chaos. And like, I'm sorry, you built a bad locker room. Then if, if like if it's so fragile that one one person gets subtracted from it, the whole thing goes kapooey. Like, I mean, <laughs> like it's 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 been an incredibly frustrating couple weeks. Of it's not like we were begging for them in the offseason to be like, oh, trade Alex to Brinkett, sign him to a huge contract, sign. But Chris Letang did not ten million dollars. But like, they didn't touch this roster at all, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, and like part of it was oh we want to get our young guys an opportunity, and I could buy that. Like I, that's understandable. But at one point, do you be like we want to give our young guys an opportunity, but like we could move out one of the guys that are taking the spot of the young guys, so they still have an opportunity and improve that spot. Like they could have moved Olison. I totally believe they could have moved Olson before they gave him that RFA extension. Mm-hmm. And then they could have went in and got someone that's better and gave up some assets to do that. Right. I mean, it's not like you're cut. It's not like you don't have like a bunch of assets to potentially get rid of. I mean, yeah. they have a bunch of really solid players in Rochester right now who are really good prospects. Yeah. That... All, also the number one ranked prospect pool in the NHL. So, I mean, you definitely They're not all going to make the roster. Away. Yeah. You got to use them mm-hmm. to get better players. Right. I mean, you have, you have what? 12 spots and yeah. Like, I think, what, Quinn, Paterka, Cousins have played very well, so that's three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Skinner's here for the long haul. Tuck has been good. Thompson's been good. Aspen's good in his role. You're probably going to keep Oposo and Gergensen just because they're good veteran leaders. Right. That gets you to nine. And then it's kind of like, what are you going to do with the other three spots? And it's like, can you not improve those three spots to better your roster? It's just... Yeah. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just I love ridiculous. the deep breaths you're taking no, to it's, calm it's, yourself it's, down. It's just... It's just <laughs> I'm going to get really frustrated in a minute because we're going to talk about some other stuff. But let's, you know, we talked about UPL a little bit. Now, let's first talk about him. I think this is a great opportunity for him uh, because he's not grooming great in the HL. He wasn't great in the HL last year. He was good in the NHL last year. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is an opportunity for him to really, I mean, Comrie's out, I would assume. Weeks. But they said week to week, but yeah. like, if it's He's a probably knee, out for a little bit. If it's yeah. a knee, it's probably like two months to be complete. It's like six to eight, probably. Um, so, I mean, this is an opportunity for him, especially if they're going to keep Anderson kind of in a pitch count. Like, if he's going to get the bulk of the starts, it's time for him to. No, he comes show and up. shows up. Like it, that's what he's got to do. He can't. He can't mess around. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting. No, that that's a good move. Okay, so. Okay, this is this is okay. Tyson <laughs> Yost. Mm-hmm. I would have been really happy for this move if it happened a season and a half ago before he got traded to um, Minnesota because he's been bad in Minnesota the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think he's an interesting move in the fact of I think he gives you another solid depth forward that's better than Anders Bjork, better than Riley Sheehan. Yeah. He's a very good four checker. If he can find his game from Colorado, which was he was not maybe not the best offensive player, but he was a very good defensive forward, very good four checker. Like and he can also play some center wing. Like I think that's an interesting move. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting that he's making two million dollars this year. And he's an RFA next year. So, like, if they were willing to pay $2 million on a potential depth forward, like, wow, you couldn't yoke up the extra million dollars to get a top four defenseman in Mike Riley. You couldn't. Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't know the number. I'm going to look it up. But I think Ethan Bear is making, like, $2.5 million. Like, you couldn't have gave a fifth-round pick an extra $500,000 to actually improve your defense. No, we're going to be stuck with Jacob Bryson, Labuskin, Henry Haru. You know, we got to see two weeks of Casey Fitzgerald and yeah. Lawrence Pilot, and it's just it doesn't make any sense to me that they're willing to make this move, mm-hmm. not the other moves. No, it it I 100% agree with you there, Dom. It's like at that point you're already like just throw the extra million on there. You have all that that money in the cap space. Like why it it, <laughs> it, it it's baffling. You know what I mean? It'd be different if it was like the Bills situation right now. I know it's not the same, but like football hockey but the bills are they have a very little cap space right it would be different if it was like the sabers really only had two million to dish out to someone they've got an abundance though you could you could have tossed that extra on there and it wouldn't have made any difference yeah you got you got page for five million like come on like that's a steal you know what i mean like it's just i don't know i don't know done it i guess to me it just shows that the coaching staff and management has faith in who they've got and that's who they want like they're just i guess complacent with what they got like they just don't want to make changes yeah you know maybe they saw tyson jost because you know you see the injuries they got in their bottom six right now and they did not trust anders bjork to be in the lineup which is a good move which was like an actual good move yeah so he's taking that spot now because bjork's back in the minors so like that's probably they're just i guess they like what they got so they didn't feel like they need a mike riley or ethan bear or anything we can sit here and say, yes, those are additions. You should never not improve your team because you think you're okay with what you have. You should always make moves to get better. But that's just, I would think, their rationale. They just didn't, they were fine with what they got. No, I, I completely believe that it's their rationale and it's terrible. But <laughs> it just... I mean, I, I get it to a point. I really do. Like, they want to develop all their, their guys into the those kind of players. They don't want to, like, spend money now to – because they're not in that win now mindset, right? They're not trying to go into the playoffs at this point. They're trying to just get figured out where they are. But at the same time, as a fan, it's frustrating because you could have had these good guys, but you, you skipped out on a million extra, you know? So I kind of get both sides of it, but I don't know. It's just – I feel like they want that trust the process vibe, right? like how McDermott preached for years, but 
I don't know. I don't think you're seeing the jumps that you saw with. I don't know. Like, what do you think? I'm trying to relate that. You know what I mean? But it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think it's been frustrating that they're relying on such young players. Um, and then in some aspects, they're relying on players that are known commodities that you know aren't improving your team. You know, we. T- I mean, Casey Mills has played like 200 NHL games. Probably the same round for Olsen. Yogi yeah. Haru's played 200 NHL games. Bryson's played 200 NHL games. Labuskin's a veteran. Like, at some point, you know who you are. And for them to can you be like, oh, we got to trust these guys when they're getting killed on the ice is just pathetic. Yeah. So I think that's been like the most that's been the most frustrating for me in management. Granado is just frustrating me because he just refuses to, I mean, understand to fix any of the problem. It's like he tries to fix one problem on the roster and he creates like five more. Yeah. It's it, like, it's, you're not actually making any headway. With fixing it, it's it. like, it's like, Oh, Samuelson's <laughs> out. Oh, we're going to put power of Dallian. It's like, okay, now you just exposed your entire depth of your defenseman. Right. So like when we talk about these new lines in a second, it's just, it's frustrating. It's like, Oh, Jack Quinn, you're playing pretty well, but you're not scoring. Oh, we're going to scratch you for a game. You know, it just, so, you know, talking about the new Lions, you know, it's the same a little bit of, you know, it's Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, it's Quinn, which is which is a good line. That's a good first line, okay? Yeah. And Quinn, Cousins, Paterka, banger. Absolute banger. I love that line. That's a good line. Yeah. Can I, pr- can I ask a question real fast? Sorry. Yeah. Does Tuck have an A on the jersey now officially, or was that just a one game It's just thing? because uh, Gergensen said posts are out because Tage had an A as well. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Sorry, just no, quick no, no, no. <laughs> This is my frustration, though, with putting those two lines together. Not really the second line. I think the second line actually should stay a line. Mm-hmm. I think they need to break up this top line. Because yeah. while this top line has been good, what's happened is this. You're now coming in with the situation of Olsen, Milstadt, and I got to look up who the right winger is on that side. I think it's Asplund, but I might be wrong. But then you get that third line, which is just pooey. Hennestrosa, Middlestadt, Olsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other lines, Aspen, Gergensen's Jost. I like that fourth line. That's actually an interesting fourth line. That's going to be a very good fourth check line, very good defense line. So the yeah. fourth line's fine, and I think the second line's fine. The first line is fine, but because you have the first line the way it is, it makes the third line trash. Yeah, you got to <laughs> stack first line, and you're jeopardizing and that third line. what happens is this, and then you have the impact of paying Krebs a scratch, and I'll be completely honest. I'm definitely not paying Krebs as number one supporter. Like I've been, mm-hmm. I was on him in the offseason. I was like, I don't know why they're like just give, gift wrapping him up. <laughs> a lot of spot. Yeah. And people have been really frustrated with his lack of offensive production. And the reason why is because he played two games with Quinn and Dylan Cousins in the first two games of the year. Played very well. And mm-hmm. that has been off that. And his common line mates have been like Gergensen's, Aspen, Middlestat, Olsen. Like he's not playing with Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. Right. Tuck, Thompson. Like he's not playing with any of your top offensive guys. And the role you put him in, which is four checking and defense, he's actually played pretty he's actually played that role well. It's just not the role you want him to be in because you want him to score. So yeah. why not split up, you know, those the 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 Skinner Thompson Tuck line, get Krebs in there and like have like Krebs and Tuck together. Give give Krebs some offensive options to see what he actually is. You're not giving yeah. him a chance to flourish. You're get you're you're right. No, I got you. No, man, it just doesn't make any. I mean, and you know, you know, when crap hits the fan, they're gonna split up that cousins line instead of splitting up the tuck line, right? So it's just, it's just been frustrating with the fact of, like, I don't know. Give me a line of like Skinner, Thompson, 
I don't know, Hennis Stroza or something, and then give me a line of I, like Melstat, Krebs, and Tuck, I guess, because they got to have someone. Well, then where does Olsen go? And then it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe Olsen yeah. wasn't top line, but that top line didn't work with Olsen. It's just you have guys that just don't fit with certain dudes, and it's killing your team. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, Henestrosa has been playing. We He's been playing all right. You know what I mean? He's, he's speedy. He's all right. He's the last couple of games, he's been making really bad decisions with the puck, which is yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just like you said, though, you've got a stacked top line and it just leaves a hole open down there. So I don't it's know. Kind, it's kind of like the, the, the power defense. of Darlene yeah. is that you expose your weakness in the depth. And yeah, I think the fourth line is an interesting line. The second line is good because you actually have really good young players, but your third line's trash. And then you're scratching one of your prospects. Like, what's that for his development? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is he really need to be scratched? It's just right. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I mean, I guess that's that's really my frustration is there's just so many like questions of like, why is Casey Mills on this roster? Olsen probably shouldn't be on the roster, but at least Olsen kind of fits that third. Like if you give him like third line minutes on five and five, he hasn't been too bad. Like right. Maybe he could stay on the roster. He's fine. When I mean, you could have a Victor Olsen on your roster, but you can't have both him and Mills on your roster because then it just like where are those dead weights supposed to go? You can only have you can only have so much dead weight before it drags down the entire boat. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, I, it's just, I don't know. I'm right where you are. I'm kind of just questioning at this point, like Granado's uh, decision. And then making. the defensive pairs of Samus and Dellin, I like just because they played well together. I think Dellin struggled a little bit coming back from injury, but having a guy like, you know, Samuels that's defensive minded will help him, you know, unlock that Dellin we saw earlier in the year. Paolo and Yoki Haru was just like, Bruh. They just didn't improve that. Pro- I mean, like we begged them to improve that partner, but mm-hmm. they just didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, am I surprised? Really not. Um, so I guess I mean, power is good enough. He's just probably going to drag that dead weight, and then you just have dead weight in your third pair. So yeah, yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, you have, like, you have three good defensemen, and then you have three pretty bad defensemen. So like, I mean, it evens out like that, and you put two of the good defensemen together, which makes sense. And it's just, I mean, yeah. I just hope Bryson Labushkin play like 10 minutes on five of five. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be the only thing they would do. I, I don't know. I don't know anything else, just, but just go off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and like, brutal. what about the power plays though? Like that hasn't changed much. Has it? That's pretty uh, much cousin, the same. They've unlocked cousins on power play one, which I'm excited for. Yeah. They put him on that <laughs> right wing uh, opposite Tom. So they had Quinn there. I like Quinn. I just think he's, the struggle with the power play has really been zone entries, and I don't think that's really Quinn's forte. And that's Cousins. Cousins very good in transition, so that'll help them get in the zone. And Cousins also maybe a little bit of body, better possession, deep possession, and is also really good on that wing. We got on that wing too. I mean, he had an assist on that power play off Tuck, and he had another really good chance from pass from uh, Thompson. So I'm right. I'm excited, man. Cousins bandwagon. <laughs> hey, he's pl- he's played very well, so I'm I'm all for. And then it, and then it's know? nice to see Quinn and Paterka uh, playing on power play too. So slowly but surely they're getting time on the special teams. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the overall lines have just been porous all year, and they continue to be poor. I don't yeah, know. and then and then yeah. we're stuck. You know, our excuse has always been, "Well, Granado's a very good development coach," but like, has he really done that good of a job this year at it? I don't think he has. No. So. I would say this is kind of a flub year for him as the developmental guy, you know, but I don't know. 
we gotta we gotta wait it out for the rest of the season but it's just kind of frustrating to see at this point seven and eleven you know but mm-hmm. okay so what know. pieces do you think they need to do what, what pieces what, what uh, it's everyone come up with one piece at the, if you could add one piece to this roster and how would you acquire that piece um well i mean i think i know you're talking about like um how our bottom six is kind of mid defense besides the top pairings mid like those are all i don't know i guess free agency maybe you make a trade or something whatever i'm gonna say i think for right now if you don't if you're not making those improvements you need a goalie then that you can uh, stand on his head you need like a Hashik, you need like a miller and like do they feel like lukanen is that guy do they really think you know craig anderson is a guy that can stand on his head no i think they're really banking on Devin Levi at this point. They and are. He's going to be this yeah. generational goaltender like a Miller, like a Hashik, because I guess they're pretty complacent with allowing upwards of 40 shots a game, all these odd man rushes, all these deflections and stuff. So they they really want this franchise goaltender. And hopefully Devin Le- like I want Devin Levi to be that guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love that. But, you know, you're really going to throw in a young goaltender on a team that has – good top guys but no depth like yeah i guess you gotta at some point kevin adams gotta spend money maybe you had to overpay some guys to get them to come here and fill in a bottom six role like i don't know you saw look at uh look at the teams that contend they give like first round picks like blake coleman barclay goudreau they those were first they acquired first round picks for those guys and they both signed what like seven year deals with their teams like yeah, after the fact yeah they're not they're not the biggest names they're not gonna like light up the stat sheet but they right. serve a purpose and i don't know i don't think the sabers have any players like that so just like i'm not saying you have to overpay these guys but don't be afraid to overpay a few because as much as i like zemgus gergensen's like he shouldn't be a long-term piece like he's just been in a losing culture for all these years like you need someone that has deep playoff experience like Posos in his mid thirties at the end of his career, like I bring him back for one year at like a vet min, maybe like a million or two. Like I don't know, he's not a key contributor anymore in his career. And then like I don't know, we have all this faith that Middlestat's going to become this great center. Krebs is going to be a top six player. Like it's like you said, the experiment's at some, over. At some point, you are who you are, and I think they're kind of who they are because like I've always been the one. It's like oh, and they need time, mm-hmm. need time to develop, blah blah blah. But, like, I can acknowledge now that, like, they probably are who they are. Like, they've had the chance. Maybe you can still make a case for Krebs because he doesn't have 100 games yet. But, like, Yoki Haru's played 200. Middlestats played 200. Like, they're probably who they are. And I don't know. It's just I, – I completely agree with you that complacency has just not been good. There's a lot. No. I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Dom, I think I even mentioned to you at the – when we were sitting at the golden Knights game and Comrie was in net, I was like, I even mentioned where, why don't we just go after an elite goaltender? And then you were like, because we're waiting on, um, what's his name? Levi. And like, that's like right now we're giving up huge chunks of the season because you don't like Comrie's established himself in my opinion as a backup. You know, he's plays decent from time to time. He has his highs. He also has his lows. And, Craig Craig Anderson is retiring. Like the dude's 41 years old. Like you can't rely on him. Like I I don't know. It's just I get your waiting for Levi to come up because it's 
it's at the point where, you know, he could be that future franchise elite goaltender, right? I mean, he shows all that promise, but at some point you got to think in the now, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I get it. Future consideration. Like they're thinking all that right now, but you got to think in the, the present because we're losing games because of a lot of iffy, iffy goaltending. You know what I mean? Like just, I don't know. I think that's a big thing. And then just like Mike was saying, depth, like depth is we, like you said, I mean, you put Owen power and Rasmus Dahlin on the top line defense. You, you Like after that, it just fizzles out. You need some, some higher end defensemen. Like it, it, you just see more defense truthfully, because you've got Tage producing and you've got your offense is okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's good enough, but I think you just need an elite goaltender and some, some depth defenseman. And maybe you, maybe you trade middle stat at that point, because it's just like the dude's got at least a little bit of value. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just iffy. I don't, I have no I, idea. I, I think this is what truly has to happen is they're not going to improve the goaltender in, in the way that we want them to no, until, no. until Levi's available. Now does that, now does that, in my opinion, once Anderson's off this year, does, does that stop me from saying that they should improve it enough where they at least get another goaltender that's actually better than I'm free on Cameron? Absolutely not. I think they should do that. I think what they need to do for defensively is that they need to go to Minnesota, go knock on Ryan Johnson's dorm room, and go on your hands and knees and beg him to sign. That man um, is not coming here. I don't think that he is. Has I, listen, listen, listen. I'm on my hands and knees at this point because they need his depth, man. They need they need him, and <laughs> they need like because he. Listen, I think I think he has the potential to step in next year and be potential like a bottom pair defenseman. Which then leads to my next solution of you need to trade for a top four defenseman. And Jacob Trickman's available. I know that's a huge price. Uh, potential first round pick prospects more. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to do that one. But like at the same time, though, like sorry to interrupt. Like I feel like we could justify that because if we have so many prospects and so many picks, absolutely, there's only so many yeah. roster spots. So like at what point are you like, okay, we can give up some of these guys, take the chance to get an established player rather than banking on these guys developing. No, absolutely. If, if you look at it and say, hey, if we're going to trade our top 10 lottery protected 23 picks, so we're probably still going to keep it for the loaded draft and lose it for 24. We're going to trade Casey Middlestead just as the roster player, and we're going to trade Noah Oslin, who's you know solid prospect, but he's, what, two, three years away? Mm-hmm. And you also have guys that are two, three years away that, you know, so it's like, is that really that big of a cost if you look at it? Probably not. Like, I would do that. But right. it's also frustrating because – Look at the Devils. I mean, the Devils' decor was a complete mess a couple years ago. But, okay, I'm not saying, yes, go sign Dougie Hamilton to 8x8. Eight eight. Like, that was an aggressive move. But they, what, they claimed, I don't know how to say the dude's name. You're going to have to Stephen say Fowler? it. Stephen Fowler. Thank you. <laughs> Washington. Like he's, he's, he's one of the, if not the best defensive defenseman in the entire NHL. And he was on waivers to be claimed. The Devils claimed him. And now he's playing well. And now he's in the recognition. And then he got the contract. Kind of like Samuelson a little bit. I mean, John Marino, maybe not the best contract in the world, relative of Mike. But they trade him. For, wow. They trade him for Ty Smith, who was in the AHL. I mm-hmm. mean, they 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 saw Ty. This is what the, the Sabers have been unwilling to do. Ty Smith had a good rookie year, was really bad the next year, mm-hmm. and was really bad. I think this is his fourth year. I might be wrong, but he was he declined heavily and was terrible. Like he was terrible. He's like Yogi yeah. He was bad. They realized, hey. This dude has some value around the league because people view him as this guy that puts up points. We know he's bad. Let's move him <laughs> for a guy that's going to help our team. Right. And they did it. And they and look at their. I mean, they're on a what twelve game winning streak or something like. I think it might be higher 13. than that. 
13. Yeah. So John Marino is available for a cheaper cost, and he's a top four right shot defenseman, defensive defenseman. So right. if you want to go that route, yeah, that's a route too. Or you could do, the, or you could pay the big future. I think they had to add a top four, and they had to ask Ryan. They had to beg Ryan Johnson because then you have. Then if you look at it and you say the, those are my five, I could figure out Jacob Bryson, Ilabu. Like that, that dude could be my six, and I could shelter the crap out of him. Like yeah. you could do that. You can't shelter people when you have three dudes and half your defense is bad. If you could improve the bottom one guy in the bottom pair and add another really good defenseman, boom, that helps your defense. That's gonna then you know help your goaltending if you're just gonna play the stop and go until Levi gets here. It's also gonna help your forwards because then you're gonna have better offense, better defense. Forward wise, though, they need to figure out right now who's gonna be on like who are their guys. Mm-hmm. And then they need to figure out of the prospects, like who is going to be ready next year and who are who do we maybe want to save a spot for and what position are they going to play? Like, are we going to say, ah, but we're going to wait for Matt Savoy next year? Is he going to play center or wing? Because if he plays wing, then I think they should add a center. If they think, oh, we're going to make a place, not play and play center, but you know what I mean? If they're going to put him at center, then I think you should have wing. Like, I think they need to add another top six forward yeah. to this roster as well that has, you guys might call it some grit. Like, I think they need a dude. That's, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate for the dude that they traded Devin Levi for, Sam Reinhardt. Like, that's like the perfect guy they need. Mm-hmm. Responsible two-way forward, going to put up 25, 30 goals. Obviously, it's not the 80 points that he put up last year, but he's going to be in front of your power play with deflections. He's going to score those goals in the nitty-gritty area. Like, I think that's the kind of forward that they need to add to this roster. Plus, then, as Mike said, you need to add depth. Add some, you know, solid defensive depth to the bottom six as well. And all of a sudden, you have a, a more complete roster, and boom, I saved your problems. And I, I don't, I, I mean, like, how much, honestly, God, though, how much is that really going to cost you? Like, signing Ryan Johnson, si- I mean, signing Ryan Johnson's $900,000. Am I willing to make that offer for Chifrin? Probably. If they accept it, awesome. That that saves the defense. And then, top six forward, like, I think you could find, you know, Palat went for, like, a Palat kind of type who went for, like, five, five and a half million dollars. So, you're going to make that investment. And then, mm-hmm. You add prospects. You resign some of your own a little bit. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Add, add another stop, another solid like two, three million dollar goaltender with Comrie. I mean, and now are they willing? To, are they willing to sacrifice that those prospects, those picks, and they're willing to spend some money? Like that's just going to come down to. I I I feel like with Granado at the the helm as the developmental coach, I feel like that might be where that snags. You know what I mean? Because he wants to develop those guys. He wants to you know bring up his own that kind of a deal instead of doing these big trades. You know what I mean? I feel like well, that where that's where that might. But, but snag. this this while I'll counter with that. Like at this at this point after next year, what Adams is in year four, Granado's mm-hmm. in year three. I think I think they'll finally have some pressure on them. Like hey, we got to start producing. Mm-hmm. We got to start. No, I don't say go full on Steve Eiserman and give people four by fours who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like be a New Jersey, be like the Devils, you know, sign solid veterans. Yeah, Tom Fitzgerald yeah. and Casey Fitzgerald. Family. If only we had Tom Fitzgerald on the helm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, who, uh, well, I mean, in my Tom opinion, Fitz- Lindy should Fitz- never been fired when he was. Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy for Kevin Adams and Don Granado. Who says no? Oh my gosh! I'd love that Lindy be... back. Oh my god, man should have never <laughs> left in the first place. But no, I I think that's what's going to come down to to fix this roster, which is a lot, you know. But really, it's small. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's not a lot. If you look at mm-hmm. it, it's only like two or two, three, maybe four moves. But those moves have a lot of weight, and you got to be willing to 
you know, jump over, you know, lift that weight. Yeah, definitely. All right. So big, big rant. <laughs> His <after>. soapbox. <laughs> it's all the way full. It's all, yeah. it's all it's too high. So <laughs> looking back from last week uh, of our goal and point prediction, obviously three games played. Uh, yeah. Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck tied for goals of two and Tuck led the team entirely with five points. So it it's, counts, it's, inter- it's interesting. So I picked Skinner for both. So I'm like, I'll 50%. give, my, I'll, I'll give you get myself your point. You get your point for goals. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I get Mike, my point for goals and points. Mike got two points and then Joe got technically two points. Oh, we mm-hmm. should probably keep tally on this. We didn't so far, but no, hmm. well, think about you it. know, we'll start. We'll start now. Just keep this in the we'll back. Start, we'll start after this game. After, after this game. game. Okay. After this week. week. Okay. Never go two again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, my gosh. Skinner looked pretty good. He scored the first two goals. So I was like, oh, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. So let's do some predictions. Um, I guess I'll go first. I'll go. Hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Man, this is tough. I'm going to go Skinner for goals again. And. Dylan Cousins for points. I'm going to go Tage for goals, Darlene for points. Okay. Joseph? I'll do Tage and Tuck. Tage for goals, Tuck for points. I'm sticking Alrighty. with Tuck for the points. Alrighty. Nice. That's going to conclude our Sabres talk. Hopefully, we'll have four games. Oh, I'm sorry. Almost jumped the gun there. <laughs> four, four games. What are our predictions? I think they go two and two. Two one and one. They lose to the Devils in overtime. I'm gonna go one and three. Only one is gonna be against the Blues in those cool jerseys. All right. Yo, they better win in the. Yo, if they don't win the Goatheads, oh my. Yeah, no, Uh, dude, they gotta win. Well, you think Sabretooth will be red black again? You think they have that other costume ready? You really think they're gonna make that expense? Really? I think if they call it '90s night, they might. They're not making that expense, Joe. Might just dry clean the old one. Listen, this is the Buffalo Sabres you're expecting. They're not making that expense. You think they're spending money? Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. They can't yeah. even spend a, a million dollars to improve their on ice product. You think they're gonna spend the? You got a point. The points for just a mascot change. Yeah, you got a point there. I didn't even think about that. But since the Sabres talks over, fellas, let's move into Would You Rather and trivia. I have the Would You Rather this week, and here's I, I think I've asked something along these lines before, but season wide, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to restrict it to one game here. Right. Cause this is related to the bills, right? We'll do like Josh Allen. Okay. Would you rather play an amazing game and lose or play an average to below average game and win like Josh Allen throws 400 yards, pretty like 14 or uh... so it's like Josh Allen in the divisional game against the chiefs. Yes. Or is Zach Wilson last week, but winning? Yes. Like, what would you rather have? What kind of game is this? This is like, um, I'm trying to think. Well, because if this is a playoff game, I'm taking the dub. But if it's a regular season game, I'm probably I would, I would say regular season. Yeah, I'm not going playoffs at this does it, point. Does this game matter? Um, It gets... It doesn't clinch anything? Like, every, okay, you know what? I, I'm just going to say my answer. No, I would, it's just I would, an average, I'd rather average play game. Well. I'd rather play well and lose. I think I'd rather have a win. I'd probably play well and lose. So then I, play, then I have confidence next week in my abilities. And then, you know, yeah, the but road. like also, like, I don't know, a win is a win. Like, 
Right. It's like Josh Allen. To an extent, it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. Yeah, but if I'm a quarterback and I go nine to twenty-two for seventy-six yards and we win, like six to three, like I'm gonna feel pretty crappy the next. Yeah, but you're not Zach Wilson. You're gonna say, "Oh, did I let the team down?" No. Yeah. Obviously, yes. Yeah, but you know, if they go, "Did you think you helped the team today?" You're gonna go, "Yes." You're gonna be like, "No, I did not." Team stepped up. I did. I played like dog. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I think I'm gonna take a win. It's like Taylor Heineke, right? 66% completion percentage, right? But still won the game over the Eagles. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Like, wasn't wasn't anything fantastic where Josh Allen throws 400 yards against the Dolphins and they still lose. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd take that good performance. I think future down the road will help me. I don't know. I think I would take the average game and win because, I mean. You didn't say it was an average game, though. You said it was a bad game. Average to below average. Okay, if it's average, then I'll take the win. But you're telling oh me, oh my okay. goodness, he said no. below. He said, I said average, average below, below average. average. Why would it? Okay, then I take the win. Then I thought you meant like below, like bad. This dude was not listening. <laughs> okay, you said like Taylor Heineke. Like, yeah, I would rather be Taylor Heineke throw 200 yards and a touchdown win than a dude that throws 400 yards and five touchdowns. But if you're telling me I'm going to throw 75 yards and we win, like I'm not, I'm not doing that. I get it. You went more on the bad instead of just the average. I got you. No, I I would definitely just take the win. I mean, team morale at that point overweighs personal performance. I know, but then they're gonna be like, then be like, can my quarterback get it done? I mean, if we don't play as well as a team, can my quarterback you know bail me out? Got a point. Got a point. True. Fair. But a win's a win, even if it's a win is a win. Even if it's down and dirty, it's a win. So I mean, win is a win. Yeah, I would I would take the win. Mike, you want to take us into trivia, pal? Yeah. So. Um, I'll get right into it. Bill's question. Um, you know, Bill's in their history, they've been been all right. They've had their hot stretches, <laughs> their bad stretches, you know. There, there was that like two decade stretch where they were pretty dog. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times have the Bills had double digit win seasons? This includes when they played 14 games in their entire existence. I just gotta um, add it up real quick to make sure. Double. Di- Does this count playoffs or just regular season? Just regular season. Hmm. Since well, their existence. Yeah. Nineteen twenty. Well, they got three this century. I know that. Mm-hmm. They got another one. Nineteen ninety nine. They got another one. Ninety six. That's five. They got all four in the Super plus yeah. they made the playoffs again, so that's ten. I'm gonna say th- I'm gonna oh man, thirteen. I'm gonna say thirteen. I'll go sixteen. <laughs> it's sixteen. It? It's oh. sixteen. I knew I underdid it. I should <laughs> I should have said like fifteen. I was like I I, I you know what? I got 1965, then 1980, Nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, ninety five, ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine. No, I didn't know they went back to back. Nineteen twenty twenty one. Uh, I would have said fifteen. Uh, ninety eight. The disrespect to Doug Flutie <laughs> came in that as was, starter. I thought that was ninety nine. Then they benched came in him. in ninety eight. I don't mm-hmm. listen. Late nineties Bills history is still foggy for my liking. I knew they were decent in the early eighties because then they go to the AFC. They won the AFC East one of those years. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot. Honestly, I forgot about the '60s. I would add two more. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they went back to back AFL. I can't forget about that, man. Come on now. No AFL. 
Okay. Second question. AFL champs, baby. Yeah. Hey, it mattered back then. Still so, matters today. Come on. So, Sabres question. Um, we all know, obviously, Pelly Minutes, easiest question ever would be, who has the most? It'd be Rob Ray. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how many players have more than 1,000 Pelly Minutes for the Sabres? Just a number. Trying to think. Five. Five. I'm going to go with eight. Seven. Mm. Rob Ray seven. leading the pack with over 3,000. Yeah, he's like 2,289, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Got Mike Foligno, Larry Playfair, Brad May, Matt Barnaby, Lindy Ruff, and Jim Schoenfeld. Darn. Seven. Yeah, seven. Mike Ramsey <laughs> was at 924, so. Ah, you hate to see that. Mm, almost there. Almost there. He just needed almost, almost made the cutoff on that one. Yeah, and just like a dozen <laughs> more fights or something. I don't know. Yeah. So last question. We all know we got hit with like the snowstorm. Maybe not so much in the north, but in the south. Uh, south Towns got hit pretty good. Had over 77 six, inches. Yeah, over six feet of snow. I think it was 81 final. Oh, really? Wow. Mm, it's like 82, so, yeah. 81. And then it got there. windy. And then a yeah. 40 mile an hour wind gust. That helps. You know what I mean? So can you tell me when the snowiest winter in buffalo was oh my god so like for example you would say 22 23 the winner of 22 23 no i know oh my god i feel like there's one main event that was it 70 was it 77 what'd you say the blizzard of 77 76 to 77 no 77 78 yeah 76 77 199 points i knew it was the 70s that's nuts yeah no, and all then the... in 2000, 2001, it was 158. Yeah. So by a long shot, 76, 77. So mm-hmm. what? We, are we already at 80 or does this not count because it's not technically winter yet? It is. Uh, No, it's fall until the December 25th. Hey, 20, winter 21st. of 0102 was 132. Uh, isn't it December? Like, I think it's from first snowfall. Oh, first okay. Snowfall. So oh. we're already at 80, man. We're already what? What was the total? 177, you said? Yes, ninety off. No one ninety nine. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Never mind that. One ninety nine. I don't know. I don't know. Kind off. Hundred like twenty 30, off. Thirty five, forty percent of the way there. Come on now. Okay, we need a few more blizzards then. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast, mixed with our betting on the Bills episode. A twofer for you, for the listeners out there. I've been Joe Kelly, and I've been joined by Dom Lawson, and Mike Marino, and we want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving out there, and we'll see you next week. And Dom, eat your turducken. The turducken. How do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Sabres.